Welcome to episode four of Everyday Wellness, Reboot Your Hormones Naturally with Dr. Tasson. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Good morning. We are super excited to have um, Dr. Tassone, uh, who is board certified in um, OBGYN and American Board of Integrative Medicine certified. He holds a medical degree in addition to a PhD in mind-body medicine. And in his 20 years of clinical practice, he's seen over 40,000 women as a highly regarded patient advocate. And I guess a lot of what I identified with when I first started interacting with you online was that you really are someone that thinks beyond just kind of that traditional Western medicine mindset, which I thought was really fantastic. Um, and also that belief in ensuring that women are there, are actively involved in their, their own care. Um, I know you've done some work um, in, on publications on spirituality and medical care, whole foods to heal the body and integrative medicine. And you've also been featured in the New York Times NBC News Online and Stanford MedX. So welcome, 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 Sean. And I know that um, this we got you got you out of bed a little bit early. So thank you so much for carving out a little bit of time to be featured today on our podcast. Oh, thank you. Actually, you didn't even get me out of bed. I'm still in bed. So <laughs> it all works out. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Tell yeah. me a, a little bit more. I know that you're in Texas, and I believe um, Austin specifically. But tell me a little bit about how you kind of transitioned from this traditional Western medicine mindset into kind of a more functional integrative medicine. Cause that for me has been the way my practice has evolved as well. And so I really love hearing, you know, the journey, was it um, a patient that you had? Was it something a loved one had experienced that really started to change your mindset about how you cared for the, the women in your life? Yeah. I mean, obviously um, change like that transformation most likely comes from some story and mine would be no different when I was a resident and going through that kind of grinder of becoming a medical doctor um, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and as a uh, an OBGYN resident uh, I knew that was kind of hit close to home um, she went through the whole surgery and chemotherapy process and during that whole process of the five years which diagnosis to she eventually passed away I um, couldn't really help her um, I couldn't I couldn't help her with her hormones I couldn't help her with the the lack of hormones I couldn't help her with um, any of the things that she had and I felt kind of helpless and so when she passed away five years later at the age of 56 um, I kind of went on my own little spiritual journey, and, and part of that journey was um, the PhD that I got. Um, the PhD brought me around the country um, and around the world. I went to Peru, Brazil, um, um, you know, Guatemala, Mexico, 
Canada, Italy, and trained with um, indigenous healers in those countries and basically did my PhD uh, with a couple of uh, healers, one uh, named Larry Dossie, who's written a lot of books on non-local healing, and basically kind of just sort of developed my own feelings that we are more than just this body but it's funny because i'm also a national instructor for the da vinci robotic surgical device so i still do a lot of surgery but i also have this other aspect to me that is much more um uh, deep than just you know the surgical aspect so it was from the tragedy of my and i'm an only child so when my mom passed it was just just me and so it was kind of that internalizing that grief and um learning from andrew weil that was the first step in my process was going to the university of arizona the integrated medicine program with andrew weil and uh, meeting people like deepak chopra and and larry dossie and and just kind of really interestingly enough you know the, the people that you bump into along the way on your journey and the the different directions that you take and that's kind of how i wound up where i'm at today That's pretty impactful. That is quite the journey. Um, if you had to distill down any of the lessons that you learned throughout that journey, would there be one or two things that really stood out? You know, it's funny. Um, there was a part of that time period where I, it was when the movie The Secret came out. And now we kind of all take that for granted, that movie. Um, and I remember watching that movie thinking, oh, this is ridiculous, you know? It's like, how could you just think of something and believe in something and it just happened? So I remember that night I said, I'm going to just put this to the test and I'm going to, you know, in my, in my little infantile mind, I said, I want some money. And I just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to get some money. And I'm just, this is hilarious. But I, I said it the next day I got home from work. I went out to the mailbox and there was a check in the mail for $8,000 that I had no idea I was receiving. Now, my, my wife at the time said, well, that check was in the mail anyways, and you would have gotten it anyways. And I said, yeah, but is it not weird that I just said that? I watched this movie, I said, anyway, so what I do now, I do this every day now, whether it's for my patients, when I do surgery, I sit in, in bed in the morning and I manifest. I manifest what it is that I want. I manifest what it is that I want to do in my life. And I honestly think that I believe now, and I don't take it for granted, I actually believe now that we can manifest. And I'm not necessarily saying that I'm great at it, but I really try hard to manifest that aspect of life is trying to attract what it is. You know, and maybe that's why I met you. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I try to bring those people into my life that I think will help me not just on a financial or, you know, you know, um, job basis, but, but on a spiritual basis. Absolutely. And it's interesting. And for me, you know, coming from a traditional Western um, medicine background, it's so wonderful to hear another Western medicine trained provider saying the word manifest, because it's something that I, I really have started to embrace in the last year, uh, just, you know, within my personal life and my business. And, you know, if you want to get geeky and, and science focused, which is the way that I always, you know, I always go back to my roots, you know, what is it that I want to actually be able to explain that whole concept of neuroplasticity, talking about how our, um, you know, our mindset and our feelings and the way that we think can, you know, directly influence 
um, structurally influence the way that our that our brain is. And so I, I, I that just you know you just saying that to me just typifies why I'm so grateful that we got connected because uh, we're certainly very much on the same page. And what an, a tremendous gift that you're giving to your female patients because I think many in Western medicine are really struggling with options right now. Um, you know, at whatever life stage people are at, whether they're still at a point of procreating or trying to prevent conception or they're, you know, kind of in the gray area where I am right now where I'm not menopausal yet, but I'm, I'm done having children. Um, all those stages that women go through to have, you know, a provider that thinks that way is really, you're really at the forefront of something very different. Well, I, you know, what's funny is it's not just, um, you know, in, in my career, like, you know, every Thursday I do surgery. So what I do is I might have six cases. I will actually sit in bed and actually go through every case in my head and um, try to make that. I, I actually, all the cases come out really well <laughs> in, my, in my head. Um, and actually they all come out really well afterwards. But I've recently, and this is the thing, the, the, the point being is they don't necessarily always come out well. And, and your life, even if you think good things. So like I've recently gone through a divorce and, and it's not because I manifested the divorce, but what I think I did manifest was I manifested things in my life that I wanted in the sense that my career took on a different path, my, the, the, my life took on a different direction. And I think that my partner, not for better or for worse, but she just couldn't go in that direction with me. And, and I, could have, I could have stopped. I could have said, you know, um, I, I'm going to just stay back and I'm going to hold back. And, 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 or she could have maybe changed and, and come with me. But, but it didn't happen that way. And, and the way that it happened is uh, we ended up, you know, partying and we're, we still are, we have children. So we, we communicate very well and things are okay. So now I also am manifesting, you know, when I wake up in the mornings, I manifest what I might want in a partner. And, and, and so there's, you know, there's, there's other aspects to this in life. And, and sometimes I think I look at it and then I'm like, you know, my divorce, oh, I got divorced. Oh, what a failure, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, you know, maybe it's because of my, my life manifesting in other areas um, and me getting healthier actually in other areas of my life um, that that's part of the reason that that happened. It doesn't have to always be things are negative or positive. Things just sometimes happen because they happen and because other things are happening in your life. And, and so that's what I try to talk to my patients about too. And pelvic pain is a good example of that. It's like, you know, pelvic pain can be organic. You can have things like endometriosis, but pelvic pain can also be a manifestation of relationship problems or money problems because, you know, second chakra issues and things like that. So you have to look at things just with a different scope. And that's one thing I, I wanted to explore a little bit further. So when you, both when and how you present this to your patients, how do they respond to this? This idea of being able to kind of manifest or take control of their health or, or that their belief has an influence on their health. Well, it's interesting because I'm in Austin now. So Austin's a pretty, I call it, I call that my woo-woo side, you know? So um, <laughs> I have my doctory side. I got my woo-woo side and, um, Austin can be uh, a little bit more woo-woo than some areas, um, but um, you have to kind of know the patient that you're talking to. And I call it, um, a friend of mine has this theory, he calls the B. Stroganoff principle. 
you can either talk to people. If you talk to people, you either have to talk to them about beef and noodles or you talk to them about beef stroganoff. If people don't know what beef stroganoff is, you got to talk to them about beef with noodles. If they know what beef stroganoff is, then you can talk to them about beef stroganoff. And it's the same concept. It's like if I'm talking to somebody about pelvic pain and and relationship issues and how that you know that energy of that can can cause a migraine in your pelvis um then i need to speak to them on a level that they can understand if they understand that kind of chakra medicine i can speak in that language if they don't then i might say well you know how you can have stress and it can cause a migraine and they say well yeah I'm like, well, you can have a migraine in your pelvis if you've been injured in that area of your, you know, energetically of your body and they go, Oh, you can see the light bulb go off. And so it's, it's just communication based on, I think almost intuitive as well. You know, you have to, I think healing and, and, and healers, whether they're doctors or, or nurses or, you know, acupuncturists or whatever, you have to have some sort of intuitive aspects to your practice. And, and I think that's just part of your communication as well. One of the most common concerns I see in perimenopause and menopause is hair loss, hair breakage, hair shedding. And knowing that over 80 million Americans are impacted by this is both reassuring, but it's wonderful to know that there are products available that can help with these symptoms. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress in perimenopause or menopause. They can be helpful for addressing dry scalp. And have you wanted to take control of your hair health but aren't sure where to start? This is where Divi can be hugely impactful. I love their scalp serum. And we know that the scalp serum improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes our hair follicles, and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients, including tea tree oil, which works to reduce and prevent excess oil buildup on the scalp, amino acids that help to strengthen hair, fight frizz, which is my greatest concern, and reduce breakage, and copper tripeptide 1, which is a small protein composed of the three amino acids to facilitate a clean and hydrated scalp, as well as hyaluronic acid, which is nourishing and hydrating to our scalps. As I mentioned, Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. I found it to be hugely helpful for scalp health and all of Divi's products, including their shampoos and conditioners, Come together to create a full daily solution that helps women nourish their hair and get to the root of scalp health. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Cynthia or enter Cynthia at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's D-I-V-I official.com slash Cynthia for 20% off your first order. As I mentioned, my favorite product is the scalp serum. And now that we're in the deep throes of winter weather, it is so wonderfully nourishing and moisturizing. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep 
We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. It's an excellent point because I, I think that, um, you know, someone asked me the other day, what made you a really good nurse practitioner? Because obviously I did that for 16 years. And I said, I had, an, I had an ability to figure out pretty quickly what someone needed to make a connection. And I, I think that's a gift. I think there are a lot of very talented um, healthcare providers that are out there that, that have that. Um, and then there are many that don't. And, and I think you know, meeting your, your patient or your client where they are is so, so important. And I love that analogy of beef stroganoff or beef and noodles. Because that, I mean, that, that's, I mean, really, that's the crux of everything, right? Yeah, and I mean, if you want to look that up, the the um, my friend Larry Dossie, who's written like twelve books, um, he called. I, I can't remember where it was published. I think it's a journal called the Explore Journal. Um, it's called the Beef Stroganoff Principle, and it's uh, he talks about it, and it's it's just fascinating to me because. And his point was, if he, he was talking about it in the sense of alternative medical healers, like um, you know, we're in Mindshare, and and you have all these you know health coaches and and uh, the alternative healthcare practitioners who are trying to talk to, um, you know, the, the Western paradigm and they butt heads all the time. And it's because they're not speaking the same language. They're not mm -hmm. talking in randomized, double blinded, you know, placebo controlled trials. They're just talking about the N of one, which I'm all about, you know, one person healing on their own. But if you want to make inroads with the medical paradigm, you have to speak the language. Right. And so he came up with that, that, the, meta, the beef stroganoff principle, if you want to talk to them, you've got to speak the language. But I think that goes with patients. I think it goes with with anybody you're trying to communicate with, you know, so it's it's just a good, I, I kind of try to remember that when I'm speaking to others, you know, even on Facebook pages and stuff when, you know, you see that on your, maybe you're on your own Facebook page. I have, you know, a few tens of thousands of followers on Facebook and sometimes somebody will make a comment on one of my posts that they don't understand why somebody like me would make a comment about spirituality. Um, and, and I have to, you know, I could get offended. I could ignore them or I could try to engage. And I always try to engage um, because I just, you know, that's just kind of how I am. And, but I do it in the way of, well, this is why I think what I think. And, you know, if they don't want to believe that, that's fine. I think it's actually good to have, you know, open discussions about things. 
It, it seems like when you work with your patients, in addition to being a physician, you're also very much an educator. Yeah, and I think part of it is like, so like if I'm doing a hysterectomy, say, um, one of the things I do with my patients is I always ask them, and it may sound kind of corny to some of them, but I say, you know, I don't want to take your uterus. I would rather have you give it to me. So one of the things I ask them to do is um, mentally um, hand me their uterus, like, uh, you know, in, in some sort of a practice, a meditative practice, or when they close their eyes, like eat the night before the surgery is to just, you know, hand me their uterus. Because I don't, I feel like if I take it from them, that's going to affect their healing process a little bit differently. And I think the communication wise, that just kind of puts us on a different level, you know, um, the, we're, we're not just speaking words, but we're also speaking kind of in that, um, that other plane. And, and I think it really opens up the trust factor because I can almost guarantee you no other physician has asked them to do that. And I'm not saying that I'm any different, but I think it's just that, that one little thing like, Hey, I, can you just give me your, it sounds kind of weird, but can you just give me your uterus or can you give me your appendix? I don't want to take it from you. You know, it just sounds better. No, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I think that so much of, you know, that mindset piece is less about what you're losing and more about what you're gaining. And so by giving them the option to, you know, surrender that organ or surrender, you know, through that process, um, I'm sure that their healing is exponentially better. Oh, I, I think so too. And I think there's, um, there's a lot to um, recovery. Um, you know, what's funny is the, the robot that I teach, it's actually, it's, it's interesting because it's actually more hands off. Like, you know, I'm not touching the patient as much as I used to. Um, which is kind of counterintuitive, but I, so that's why I try to do more prior, before that to get more in touch with the patient before the surgery. Um, and it's funny because I think recovery is better in, in the instances, in, in those instances. And it's probably because of the, the, the time spent before the case rather than the actual surgery itself. Absolutely. Well, and, and I can imagine, you know, if people are at a point where they need to have, you know, a hysterectomy or, um, you know, they're having significant pelvic pain and, and you're lysing adhesions or, or things like that, there's a huge emotional component to that. I think, you know, even as a woman, um, I know that when my mother had a hysterectomy and had her ovaries removed, uh, which is a whole long story, uh, she really grieved that process and, and she selected a physician. She was at a big teaching hospital, selected a female physician, but she still really grieved that loss. Even though she was well beyond menopause, she still grieved the loss of, of losing those organs. So I think sometimes we as healthcare providers forget how much of a um, emotional as well as a physiologic change that is for someone's body. Well, as a man, I grieved when I had to get reading glasses. <laughs> so I can't imagine what it would be like to lose the, the organ that houses your, your ability to carry a child. I mean, that's a, I mean, as a man, I don't even know what that feels like. So if, if I'm going to kind of have a, a, a bit of a crisis over the fact that I feel old because I have to buy reading glasses, I can't imagine what it feels like to lose the ability 
to, I mean, it puts you into a whole new like class of womanhood mm -hmm. when you have that organ removed, um, especially if you have your ovaries removed at the same time and you're basically castrated. No man really ever goes through that. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that is a huge thing. And I, I, I remember my mom had a hysterectomy when she was in her thirties. And I remember, um, I still think this is pretty prevalent too. Uh, whenever she would get mad at me about something, it's, this is in my new book. Actually, I think this is how the book starts. Um, she, she's yelling at me one day uh, as a teenager. And, I, and, and the, the whole point of the story is I finally turn around and look at her and I say, did you take your pill today? because it obviously wasn't that I was being a jerk teenager. It was because it was her hormones. Mm -hmm. And because as a society, that's what, that's how we treat women. Mm -hmm. If, if there's, if they're being uh, mad or upset or whatever, it's their hormones. It's not just because somebody's made them angry. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't ever say to a guy, Hey dude, what's your testosterone level? You're acting like <laughs> such a jerk. You know? But we do it to women all the time, you know? And so, um, and I mean, even, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, we did, I did it to my mom. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, I, I think about, um, and I'm Kelly, I'm sure you can speak to this as well, that, you know, I was that teenager who had wonky periods. And even though I was thin, I probably had undiagnosed PCOS. And what's the first thing I got put on for years and years and years mm -hmm. was oral contraceptives. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually telling my husband when I got married and I went off the pill for the first time in a very long time, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not nearly as grumpy and irritable. And so you think about the, the pros and cons of these synthetic hormones and how they impact our emotions. I'm like, I never have PMS. And yet when I was on the pill, my PMS was horrible. Um, you know, all the things that we do as healthcare providers that are with good intent, which sometimes yeah. make our patients feel a whole lot worse. Right. And I, the thing that my, my, my new endeavor in the last six months is online has been to bring forth this uh, integrative hormonal mapping system that I've come up with that is the, the energetic qualities of hormonal imbalance. So like PCO, PCOS day, I call that, I speak in the language of archetypes. So I would call, uh, it's a quiz now that's online. And uh, if you take the quiz, like a PCOS woman would come out as the queen. And the queen, the, <laughs> because you guys are estrogen driven, estrogen dominant, and the ultimate female is the queen, right? And mm -hmm. so you take a, you take a queen and, and you give her you give her basically more gasoline for the fire, which is a, which is a, a birth control pill, yeah. and you're going to turn her into an off with their head kind of a queen, <laughs> and so so it doesn't make any act absolutely really any sense, and we do it all the time to these women, and then you you pull them off their their um, their pills years later, and and they're like, wow, I I, I don't understand why I, I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. But um, it's really it's really fascinating to me because it is a knee jerk. We we put them on birth control pills because it turns off their ovaries, and yet we were putting them into another estrogen dominant state with not not a biological estrogen, but a synthetic estrogen, which is ten times worse in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. But we do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's nope. interesting, and you know, and I, I want to give Kelly an opportunity to to chime in. But what's interesting to me is that each life stage, um, you know, we're offering women all these synthetic hormones, and we could have a whole episode just talking about this. But you know, the stage I'm at, so many of my girlfriends, because their periods have gotten heavier, they're done having children, 
And so the, the rule of thumb is they get offered hormones. Um, you know, they put them on the pill, they want them on an IUD. And then if that if all else fails, the next thing they offer them is let's ablate your uterus, you know, let's burn it. And then if that doesn't work, then they want to do a hysterectomy. And so I've had girlfriends that have experienced the full gamut of all of those things and me in the background, encouraging them just to stay the course and do all these other things that um, can so be, can be profoundly more impactful than, um, you know, burning the uterus, yanking the uterus or, yeah. you know, prescribing synthetic hormones. But again, I, I think, I think hormones are great and mm -hmm. I do it all the time, but I think you need to do it in the, in the aspect of knowing what the hormone levels are, Correct. Um, you know, and then I always use bioidenticals. I, I don't use synthetics anymore, but yeah, you can't just throw hormones on a person. And then also not just the sexual hormones, but cortisol, melatonin, you know, all the other stuff that's going on, not just the, the, the sex hormones. Exactly. Uh, Dr. Tussone, I looked at your website and I looked at your reviews and you had 271 reviews with an average of 4.92 out of five stars, which is um, extremely remarkable for- And that one lady threw the whole thing off. Right? I know, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking about what what would be happening in his in his meetings with his patients that would want them, that would make them want to rate him this highly. And I think you spoke to a little bit of it earlier, which is meeting them where they are with that beef stroganoff principle. But can you also talk about other types of um, interventions or things that you do with your patients, homework that you might give them, kind of no matter where, what their condition or what their symptoms are when they come into you. So how do you approach your uh, clients when they, when they meet with you? So I think two things that I do, and I, uh, again, it's hard to answer questions like these without sounding like I'm tooting my own horn. So I hope I don't come <laughs> across that way. But one thing is that I would say is uh, my, if I had to say what my one superpower is, is I, I feel like I'm, I, I listen. That's one thing that I do. Um, and two, obviously I don't listen well enough or I might not be divorced. So at least with one person I didn't listen to, but, um, but I have a pretty good average. Um, then I think second would be being, um, I'm pretty vulnerable with my patients. Like I'm willing to share with them. I just talk to them the way I would talk to anybody else. I don't, I don't elevate myself. I don't, you know, act any different than I would act if I was around you know, a, a friend or something. But I'll tell you this, there's a, there's a medical device that has been out for 16 years called Esure. It's a E-S-S-U-R-E. -S -S it's a sterilization device. It's a, it's a polyester coil made with stainless steel and PET fibers and things like that. And it's been put in fallopian tubes for the past 16 years to cause uh, inflammatory process, cause sterilization. Um, there's about 750,000 of them that have, put it, have been put in in the United States. And probably in the last five years, there's a lot of women that have been having problems with them. And yet the medical community has been saying, doesn't cause problems, doesn't cause problems, you know, blah, blah, blah. So over the last four years, and this kind of just ha happened by chance, I developed a, a procedure to remove these coils because Bayer, the company that manufactures it, doesn't really have a way to safely remove them. And so I've removed about 600 sets of these now um, since 2013. 
And um, a lot of those women that are giving me those reviews are, um, hap are coming to me because, and I'm, I'm bringing this full circle here, because they've gone to other doctors uh, for years and told them, look, I'm having migraines, I'm having rashes, I have Hashimoto's, I have lupus, I have rheumatoid, I didn't have these before, I got the coils, I got sick. And as soon as I took these coils out, a magic, I had one woman that was on five rheumatoid medications and um, all these anti-inflammatories, all these steroids. And then I took these coils out of her and within two months, she was off all of her meds and the rheumatoid was gone. And so, so these, these women leave me great reviews because I was like literally the only person that listened to them. But um, it's, it's like, why aren't we listening? Why, why, you know, I've got 600 women here that I've done this on. Uh, another woman who has had a rash, whole body rash for three years, has seen six dermatologists, been on all kinds of medications, all kinds of biopsies, took the coils out. I went up to round on her 12 hours after the surgery and the rash was gone. That's okay, so, wow. so I, and I've been censured by, I was in a group practice of 12 doctors. I, I had to leave the practice because they were still putting them in and I had to leave. Um, but I've also met a ton of wonderful people and um, it's been great. But I think that's partially why I've got some of the, re the reviews because I listen. And I think that's the main answer. Well, I think it's, what I think is, is frustrating, um, you know, on, on so many levels is that you know, we as a society have started um, listening less and speaking more. And, you know, my, as my, my husband likes to tell my, my very loquacious, talkative 10-year-old, God gave you two ears for a reason and one mouth. Um, and I think, you know, we in the medical community sometimes can be a little arrogant uh, and, and think that we, you know, we, we figured the patient out before, you know, before they've been able to get their story out. And I know when I worked, um, my background is in ER medicine and cardiology exclusively, and a lot of big egos um, in those areas, although I, I love my, my Western medicine peeps, just, um, just want to make sure I put that plug in there. Uh, but more often than not, my, my physician colleagues would say things like, well, how did you get the patient to tell you that when they would read my note? And I would say, because I listened, I gave them a time to speak. And so often, and I'm sure Sean, you experienced this, Kelly as well, um, people just need to talk, you know, they need to get out what is bothering them, whether it's phys physiologically or, or, you know, psychologically. And I think for you, Sean, I, I think I wish you were more of the, I wish you were more of the, the rule and not the exception, because I think we're still in this mindset um, very much of, you know, we put a device in and it can't possibly be the device that's causing a problem or we give a pill, whatever the pill is, can't possibly be the pill that's creating a problem for someone. So I, I really applaud you that you um, are helping and serving so many women that um, have had so many issues with, with the Assured device. And I remember when my OBGYN tried to convince me to get it, I was like, nope, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, to be honest, I, I put a bunch of them in because uh, years ago in 2006, uh, when it first came out, you know, there was a pilot study that was done and there were no pregnancies and it was tolerated really well. And the FDA said, okay. And, you know, the FDA has its issues, but you have, at some point you have to trust mm -hmm. something. You have to, sure. as a physician, I can't, I can't personally vet every little thing. So, um, I trusted it and, you know, it came, you know, with, with many, obviously medical devices 
as it worked out, it's uh, something, you know, didn't, it didn't work. And um, as it's funny because we, we talk about medical devices and everybody's always surprised that there's a problem, but it seems like almost every medical device, when you're putting something into somebody's body um, like that. But what's funny is like an IUD, well, that's easy to remove. If the woman comes in and says she has an issue, you can take it right out. The problem with these permanent devices, you know, hips and knees and things like that, it, it, you, you got to do surgery to get them out. And most of these women are having to have a hysterectomy to get these things out. Wow. Um, so it's really sad. If some of them are 29, you know, they have ablations, they're having all these surgeries done. And that's a whole story in and of itself. But um, there's a new uh, Netflix video coming out called The Bleeding Edge that, that talks about medical devices. I think it's coming out in September. That'll be interesting to watch if you want to yeah, watch it. Yeah, no, definitely. That would be really interesting. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armour Colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armour's Colostrum strengthens immunity ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And Armour's colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients, and it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link 
DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. So you touched on um, an intro to your book. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your book is about and who the audience you're trying to reach is? So the book is about um, my encounters with these 40,000 patients. Um, and uh, over the last 20 years, my, my hormone kind of this mapping system that I've kind of developed. And if you go, the first step is going to be uh, going to my website and taking the quiz. I've distilled these 40,000 visits down into a 35 question quiz that's on my website. And I came up with 12 uh, archetypes. Um, like I said, one of them is the queen, which is estrogen dominance. And then there's uh, testosterone deficiency, which is the nun, because the good, <laughs> the good, the good nuns, the good nuns don't want to have sex. Um, um, and so there's things like that. And then what happens is you'll get a whole description of this, this problem uh, energetically, what this is, how you're feeling. Um, it may not necessarily match up with labs because labs are the ultimate, but what the book is about is it's going to have a chapter on each of those 12 archetypes it's going to talk about the different types of hormonal testing from blood to urine to um, uh, saliva it's going to talk about the actual hormones just so you have a, a background from everything cortisol thyroid all that stuff and then kind of from there i have a six-step process for each of the 12 archetypes i call the shines protocol and the, the point of the shines protocol is i'm trying to show women that they're out of six of those five of those are all about self-care so there's a spiritual practice for each of those there's hormones which is a prescription that you would have to get which is the only one that's that you would need medical care for the the eye is called infaceuticals which is things like the energetic aspects of medicine like massage and uh, aromatherapies and things like that uh, the n is nutrition the e is exercise the um the other S being sub proper supplementation. So like if you're the queen and you have high estrogen levels, I have a specific spiritual practice for high estrogen levels um, supplementation with things like DIM or methane with his from cruciferous vegetables, which helps you methylate your, um, helps you um, push your estrogens in different pathways. Um, talk about how to, you know, eat more fiber and other things to clear the estrogens. And so each of those specific archetypes has a, has a plan uh, to help fix those. And that's kind of the, that's the, that's what the book's about. Well, I love that it's such an empowering book for women to really be able to take back their health um, by focusing primarily on, well, fundamentally on self-care and nourishing their body in different ways. That's, that's really amazing. Yeah, I think it's it's going to put me out of business, which is great. Um, but no, it's, it's people. Well, what happened is, yeah, I have women that um, are that you know email me from around the country because they can't come out to see me personally, and it was just a way for me to kind of talk to them about uh, the, the talk to them the way that I talk to to my patients. So if you if you have this issue. Um, and, and without necessarily having to draw blood, which was the tricky part because, you know, I wanted to uh, be able to do that without necessarily having them to, because I can't read their labs, everybody's. Sure. 
So what I did was, was really interesting. I had to do some beta testing on the questions and I've, I'm still uh, in shock at how accurate the test is in, in a lot of instances. I had a woman who took the test and she, she emailed me and she said, well, your test is wrong because it said that I was hyperthyroid, which I call the overachiever. <laughs> and, um, and she said, I'm actually hypothyroid, which I call the underdog. And, the, the, and I said, well, I said, she said, I'm taking thyroid meds. I said, well, go have your levels checked. Maybe you're taking too much. And sure enough, she was take, her thyroid levels were through the roof because she was on too much medication. Yeah. So the, the test actually picked up just, and it was just based on her answers, you know, like her heart was racing. Mm -hmm. uh, she wasn't sleeping at night. And so her symptoms were, she was picking up on the symptoms of, of the hyperthyroidism and it was coming through on the quiz. And I'm not saying that that's going to be the telltale, you know, be all, end all, be all. But um, it's just the energetic aspect of how you're feeling. And it, 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 it can really tell you a lot. And it's not going to be perfect for everybody. But the point being is that hopefully it stimulates you enough to go out and learn some more on your own mm -hmm. and realize that 90% of this stuff you can do by yourself. I mean, you know, you can eat right. You can, uh, I'm a huge fan of maca. Yep, I think I maca is great stuff. Um, it can probably help 60 to 70% of women without needing hormones at all. Um, and it's just finding this stuff, you know? Now, do you, do you prefer, just out of curiosity, so um, backtracking just a little bit, when you're doing testing on the women that are in your office for hormones, are you doing dried urine or are you doing saliva? I mean, what, are, what, is your, what do you feel is most beneficial or most helpful for you? Um, I, this is just my opinion. Saliva is good only for cortisol. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's reproducible. I, if I have women that can spend the money, I would prefer to do the 24 hour, um, dried urine Dutch mm -hmm. testing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also, I think everybody should, the, the test I think every woman should get would be Dutch urine testing. I'm a, a big fan of pharmacogenetic testing now, um, just to learn what type of medications that your body responds to. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, so like if I'm doing surgery on a woman, it's really nice to know that she doesn't respond well to oxycodone postoperatively mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, that's just a lifelong thing. I think babies should have that done so they know when they're older what medications to use. Um, and then sec thirdly would be nutrigenomics testing to know your methylation pathways, your yeah, detox, yeah. you know, inflammation, stuff like that. I think those three testing would be great. Blood is great um, to test for hormones. The problem with blood is that it is only going to tell me what your hormones are doing the second the needle's in your arm. Correct. So it, but it's extremely accurate, um, and it's covered by insurance. So I, I, I will use blood probably 70% of the time because patients want to use their insurance, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with that. What you have to do, though, with blood is you probably have to do multiple draws over a period of time because the more data points you get, then the more information you're going to get. Whereas the Dutch testing nowadays, you know, not only are you getting a 24-hour urine, but you're getting methylation pathways on your estrogens, you're getting oats testing, you're getting cortisol and melatonin. I mean, you're getting a ton of information. And I think what I'm seeing now is that patients are wanting more and more and more information. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Um, Personally, I was having this discussion with a friend of mine yesterday. I really think that medicine is going in, um, the people are going to push medicine in that direction in the next decade to where people are going to want 
they're going to want the information. They're going to go out and do their research and they're going to want to do that. And the doctors aren't going to want to do it, but they're going to have to do it because the patients are going to want it. Yeah. Well, and you know, tests like um, the Dutch, which I do use in, in my, my business, along with, you know, DNA based um, stool technology with GI map, I think are some of the most profoundly powerful tests that we, that I'm actually using right now. Um, you know, the only takeaway for me is that, you know, there's a, there's a steep learning curve. I mean, it's definitely not a test that just anyone can order because the time involved for you as a clinician to actually be able to analyze the information and do it effectively um, is really important. And I see a lot of people, you know, sometimes I'll get a friend that'll say, oh, well, my so-and-so did this test for me. Can you take a look at it? And I'll look at it. And I always explain to them, I said, the test is only as good as the person interpreting it. If they do a great job, it can be in, in profoundly helpful. And if they can't interpret it properly, it can be, you know, it can be expensive and, um, you know, a source of frustration. But I'm glad to hear that you're, you're definitely thinking, and not surprisingly, of course. Well, and the problem is, is if you order, let's say I order all three of those tests, mm -hmm. for somebody to come in for me, because I currently take insurance, mm -hmm. I, it's going to take me at least an hour to go through those tests with a patient. Yeah. I can't bill an insurance company for an hour of time because they won't pay me. Right. Um, so as it currently stands, I, 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 can't, I, I can't do that as a physician I was telling somebody the other day for me to keep my lights on, I, it's going to cost me 30 grand a month to run my office. Mm -hmm. And I can't, and I can't do that by um, not seeing eight patients an hour, mm -hmm. uh, six patients an hour. Um, so that's why a lot of physicians that do these things switch over to the cash model because you, you have to in order yeah. to spend the time. And it makes, it's, it's a conundrum because I feel like I, I am switching over to that model actually July 18th but only because I, I really feel like I'm, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm ordering all these tests and then I can't, I can't sit down with people. I, I spend like a half an hour with somebody and I feel like I'm sending them out the door with all this information. And I feel like I've just mushed their brains and, <laughs> and, and they really want to know more, but I can't, I can't, I got to move on to the next person. Yeah. And so I really want to spend more time with people. Um, but then I have the conundrum of, gosh, you know, now I can't, you know, now I feel bad because I'm having to charge cash, you know, and it's, but it's, it's hard. It's a delicate balance, but I really feel like the information that I'm providing is, is much more valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting as, you know, insurers kind of start balking at some of these as they were deemed them experimental testing. Uh, I think that, as you said, that, um, you know, men and women will start demanding more of these being made these types of tests available because it just yields such helpful information. Oh, I, I just did my own nutrigenomics testing and I was blown away at how, how horribly my body does with inflammation. Like mm. I don't, you know, I, I need to take things like turmeric and, um, you know, I, and I just, I just was like, wow, I can't, my rate of heart disease would, you know, and cancer if I can get on this stuff now um, and eat right and, um, you know, not use gluten, not use dairy, stuff like that, which I already was doing okay with. But when you see it on paper like that, and when patients say to me, well, how long do I need to be on these supplements? Well, this is genetic. So mm -hmm. you need to be on these for the rest of your life. And, and you're not, you know, I save people money on supplements usually because I can, I can tell them what they need to be on versus, oh, you know, I'm going to go to Whole Foods and the 18-year-old that works there is going to tell me the flavor of the month. 
and, <laughs> and, 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 and we buy stuff and we don't even know if we need it or not. You know, it's just whatever's new and improved. Um, but so it's, it's really a great way to do things. It's just very specific and very individualized. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we definitely want to respect your time. And I do have one question that we like to ask all of our podcast guests and it goes along with uh, the title of our podcast, Everyday Wellness. If you had to give your patients and or our listeners two things that they could do to improve their wellness every day, what would those things be? Well, I like to make them sort of easy and sort of fun. So, because otherwise, who's going to do them? Um, <laughs> one would be uh, every day to for hormones to... Uh, at the end of your shower to turn the water as cold as you can get it for 30 seconds. Um, it really, it's, it's kind of like uh, jumping in that, that cold pool for, you know, a minute. Um, if you can do 60 seconds, that'd be great. But if you can only do five, that's, that's fine too. So that'd be one thing. And then I think everybody should eat at least one or two squares of dark chocolate every day. I love it. Oh, we're so on board. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I told you, I try to make it fun. <laughs> uh, so can you tell people the best way that they can connect with you and find out more about you and your work? So my website uh, is uh, tasone, T-A-S-S-O-N-E-M-D.com, T-A-S-O-N-E-M-D.com. T-A-S-O-N-E-M-D.com. Yeah, the quiz is just the same backslash um, quiz. Um, the quiz will get you started. I have a, a, a seven-day hormone reboot, which is the second step of the process. So you take the quiz, which is free, and then the hormone reboot is $9.97, and it's a seven-day. Uh, it's got tons of guided meditations and information and um, uh, a, a ton of freebies. There's a 49-page a food guide and all sorts of things on how to get your hormones balanced and and it's just a it's a it's a nice way to, for everybody to kind of get into the I have a private Facebook group um, from that group and you can ask lots of questions and uh, it's a nice community of women that uh, supports each other and so that's where you can find me well it goes without saying we were delighted to have you uh, this morning Sean and thank you so much for carving a little bit of time I would I know that I speak for both of us. We would love to have you back again. We could talk about a myriad of topics yeah. and I hope that you would be receptive to coming on again in the future. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. 
Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness. 